Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. How many of you enjoyed being rebels today? Well, that doesn't sound like people who got a regular amount of sleep. How many of you enjoy Rebel Sunday today? All right. Now, if you would like this to be the last Rebel Sunday ever, you can just email your representative and uh, make sure they sponsor that bill and let's, let's get this done, right? It's exciting to be here at the end of the service today. We'll end our rebellion for this year. We'll jump forward so we can be with everybody else, all those rule followers. And uh, and we'll go into empty restaurants if you're going out to eat or you'll just enjoy the rest of your afternoon. But it's a great day to be in God's house. I'm glad you're here, whether you're joining us in person or online. We're glad that you're here. Um, we just love patterns, don't we? People love patterns. We get into those routines and we don't like when they're messed with. We love to have patterns. And so today uh, I want to talk about our sermon pattern because we've kind of followed a pattern. I don't know if you've noticed this over the last couple of weeks as we've been in this series about growth. Um, We have been starting by reminding you that we believe that Lent is a season of growth, and growth stands for something. It stands for, say it with me, generosity, response, outreach, worship, training, and hospitality. And all of these things require some form of letting go. And it might be different for each one of us, but each one of these things requires something of letting go. And that's why we've been saying, you must let go in order to grow. It's so important. Why don't we say, I must let go in order to grow. Let's say that together. One, two, three. I must let go in order to grow. That is great. We've got to remember that. We've also been working out of a theme passage that as we lean in to the ways that God is calling us to grow, we are declaring this promise that Paul writes in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. And I've been encouraging you to memorize this passage of Scripture. And so let's read it together. This is something we've done every week. Let's read this out loud together on the count of three. One, two, three. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us. Uh, To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You know when you declare Amen, that doesn't mean it's the end. It means let it be, right? So what we've just said, we're saying, let that come to pass. Let that be. It's a good thing. Now, as much as people love patterns, people hate when patterns change. 
Can I get an amen? amen? Now, today, Spring Forward Day, is a classic example of that. We just hate it. At a biological level, it messes with us. That the pattern gets out of whack. And, and so that's why I love to do these little Rebel Sunday things. Now, tomorrow, when you wake up at what feels like 5 or 5.30 or 6 or 6 or whatever you get up and around... You're going to know, and you're probably going to have that feeling, oh, I hate, they messed with my pattern. We hate those things. But today, we're going to mess with our sermon pattern a little bit. Have you realized that we've had this pattern? Uh, I have been going through our pattern, and this is how we've set up the sermon pattern these last two weeks. We've defined it, defined generosity and response so far. What is it? Then, we talked about why we do it. Then we move on to what are the current things that we're doing around generosity or responding to needs. And then I've asked you to participate. Today we're going to mess with that pattern. I hope you don't hate it as much as you hate springing forward. Today we're going to interrupt that pattern and here's how it's going to flow. Are you ready? It's going to flow like this. We are going to define it. Then we're going to talk about what we are currently doing. We're going to move that one up. Then I'm going to ask you to participate. And then we're going to talk about why. Does that sound okay? That's not too much of messing with your pattern, right? Okay, let's, let's dive into this. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and get them out. Open them. However you get your Bible, whether electronic form or book form, find your way. It's at the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 3. And we're only going to read two verses. Verses 8 and 9. This is a pattern where God has created all that there is. And He created a garden within all of that creation. And there He placed a man that we now call Adam or Adam. And out of Adam there was a woman that was created. And He gave to them this garden and said, Eat from it. it has great fruit. But there is in the center of the garden a tree that I don't want you to eat from. You can eat from all the other trees, including the tree of life. However, the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, I want you to stay away from that. I don't want you to eat that fruit. That's something that we're going to learn together. And I'm, I'm going to ask you to trust me to teach you as you are ready. Well, you probably know the story that they were tempted they gave in to that temptation and ate from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it did something to them. This couple that had been created in the image of God and had shared communion, close relationship with God, now when they heard God, something different happened. And that's where we pick up today. Just two verses. Hear the word of the Lord this morning from Genesis chapter 3, beginning at verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to them, Where are you? It's the word of God. For the people of God, both here and online, and our response is, thanks be to God. What is outreach? 
Outreach, I believe, really uh, comes down to this. Outreach is anything that we do or that you do that engages people and opens them up to invitation. That's what outreach is. So when it comes to being a church, it's anything that we do that engages people and opens them up to an invitation, yes, to church, to the building, to a service, but more importantly, opens them up to an invitation to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord, their healer, their forgiver, their Savior. That's what outreach is. Now, this is a pretty broad definition because the key word there is anything that engages people and opens them up to an invitation to receive Jesus as their Savior. There's a lot of room for creativity in that definition. And there should be. I mean, Paul at one point will say, I have become all things to all people that by all means I might reach some. He wants, this is important. This is the heart of a healthy, growing church. Is the desire to lean into outreach. That we would have activities, anything that will engage people and open them up to an invitation to receive Jesus as their Savior. Sometimes we do this individually. Sometimes it's you and me and we've built a relationship with a neighbor or a colleague or a co-worker or a friend or a fellow student at school. And we just feel like, hey, I need to ask them if they want to come to church with me or come to youth group with me or, or come to an event at the church, something along those lines. And we do that individually. And it's you and them and you ask them, hey, would you like to come? Or maybe it's just those simple conversations that you have on Monday morning in the office. What would you do this weekend? How many of you get asked some form of that question every Monday? What would you do this weekend? How many of you include, well, part of it is I went to church. I went to my church. That might be the activity, that outreach, that opens them up and engages them. Oh, really, what church do you go to? Well, I go to Cross Community Church. It's a great church. I enjoy it. I have lots of friends there. Would you like to come? You're always welcome to join me. That's individual outreach. Sometimes it's a little more risky. Sometimes God places a burden upon a person to individually get to know someone, to engage them in order to invite them. I want to tell you a little bit, in just a second I'm going to ask Julie to come up. But I want to, this this is just an amazing story. A few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, six, eight weeks ago, I was in my office on Sunday morning getting ready, and Julie said, Hey, God has, really put a, God has really put a burden on my heart for somebody that I drive past on my way to church every Sunday. I don't even know his name. I'm calling him Mike, because he looks like a Mike. But I'm praying for him. I don't know what God wants me to do, but I just can't stop thinking about Him. I pray for Him. I'm just praying in general terms of what is God asking me to do. And at one point, Julie felt like, I have to pull over, and I'm going to go talk to Mike. (laughs) 
Some of you are already nervous. Your palms are sweating. (laughs) Remember, this is God who placed this burden on Julie. And Julie was simply being obedient to the outreach that she felt God was calling her to. And so she approached him. And what I'd like Julie to come up and talk to us about just briefly, can Julie, can you share? I don't know whose mic this is, Nick, but I'm going to turn it on. Can you share how that conversation went and how you learned his real name? Sure, no problem. <laughs> so um, he stands on, a, on the cement a triangle right by the up and under bar, right by Common Solis, right as you go from West Michigan or from Stadium into West Michigan going into Kalamazoo. And so I'd seen him. He had green tubes coming from his nose that went to his backpack. And, and I was like, I, he always holds a sign, and I just had a heartbeat. So I pulled over, and I waved at him, and he came over. And I said, I just want to let you know I've been praying for you. And I've been calling you Mike. And he looked at me and he goes, Mike? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I have been. And I just, like, lost it. I'm, like, bawling, you know? I'm just like, I didn't know what your problem, you know, what are your conditions? And i just been praying for you. And he's like, ma'am, you've got to stop crying or I'm going to start crying. <laughs> and so, Mike, I said, I, I just don't know your name. He said, my name is Anthony. And I said, hi, Anthony. And he said, "Um, have you ever been in this situation like like this? And I said, no. He said, you've always had a home? You've always had a family? I said, yeah, I have. I said, are you from around here? He said, no, I'm from Benton Harbor. And I said, well, I'm from around Kalamazoo. And I was a teacher. He goes, you're a teacher? And I said, yeah, I am. And I said, I've just been praying for you. And our pastor's been talking about filling the church. And so, I don't know if you want to come, but I have a seat in my van. And and he says, no, I go to that church over there. And he pointed to like St. A's. And he said, but I live in the mission. At 6 a.m., I have to come out. They push everybody out at 6 a.m. And, and I asked him, so, what do you need? He says, I could use a sweatshirt. Or whatever. And I said, I pass here all the time because I go to breakfast. And he's like, oh, man, I would love some breakfast. So the last three, four weeks, um, I got him a sweatshirt, got him some boots, got him some pants, 34, 32. He had to tell me, 34, 32. (laughs) And uh, and I, I stop every Sunday and I pray with him. And it's scared me to death. In fact, I asked Pastor, should I stop? Because I, I really don't want to be decapitated. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. And he's like, I don't want you to be decapitated either. But you should stop. So I pull over. And now he sees me. He waves me down. I pull into the, the uh, parking lot. And I pray with him every Sunday. And I bring him some coffee or something. Yeah. And then I'm on my way. Right. So right. I'm Thanks, Julie. Thank you. Thank you, yes. You might, you might be thinking, well, that sounds more like response, what we talked about last week. Response and outreach go together. They, they, they sometimes look like each other. But in this, she had a burden to do something that engaged Anthony with the hope of inviting him. And she took that, that scary step and invited someone. 
you may not have that burden. (laughs) You may not be ready to take that scary step. That's okay. But do you have a family member who needs to be engaged with the hope that they would receive and be opened up to an invitation to receive Jesus? Do you have a colleague? Do you have a friend? Do you have a neighbor? What activity of outreach can you enter into that might possibly open them up to an invitation to receive Jesus? Now, there are other things that we do that sometimes we we do outreach together. Sometimes we go out as a group or as an entire church or we plan something, an activity that is specifically for the purpose of opening people up, engaging them and opening them up to the possibility of an invitation. I'd like to show you a few ways that we invite here at Cross Community Church. These activities that we create that are opportunities or events for them to be engaged And possibly be invited to attend church, but to receive Jesus Christ. So what are we currently doing for outreach? Here's this part of our pattern. One, we have an online campus. I want you to know about that. We don't just have an online campus so that people can sit at home in the comfort of their living rooms. (laughs) I I mean, if, if that has to happen, you're sick or whatever. Hasn't it been nice, a blessing out of COVID? That when you are sick, you don't have to miss church. You can stay at home and watch and still be engaged and still keep on the journey together with people. But the primary reason we have it is so that we can engage new people. It's a new way of doing outreach, of possibly engaging someone that might open them up to an invitation to receive Jesus. That's the reason why we do that. And it's led by our tech team and our online greeters. We have people who are at home and they are on Facebook and trying to engage with anybody who's on there to help them, to pray for them, to send them information and links. And we could use a few more. If you would be interested in being an online greeter, talk to Deidre just right after the service. She would love to show you how to do this. So that we have more engagement with people. That's a a way of outreach. We do trunk or treat sometimes. And we do harvest party sometimes. We've done this in the fall. Uh, We get kids together. We invite our We Care and Jen Harding and her staff. Put on an incredible thing all throughout the church. Just to get people together. And we do this special thing where Pastor Kyle and I are in here and we take turns and we do the the parable of the pumpkin where we can share the good news of what God does through Jesus with kids through just a simple story about a pumpkin and a farmer who finds the pumpkin when they're dirty in the field and he he brings them in and he washes them and cleans them up and he, he cleans out the outside and the inside and he puts a smile on our face and puts his light in us so that we can shine out to others. It's a beautiful experience. And it's going to be happening again this fall. And so if you need to be a part of it, if you want to be a part of outreach, be a part of our harvest party this fall. We have a We Care preschool. Did you think, did you know that that falls under outreach? We did not create a preschool at Cross Community Church as a money maker. 
We created it as an outreach to our community. And when I came here 14 years ago, I would say to Jen Harding, our daycare director, this is the only ministry of the church that reaches non-church people on weekdays, Monday through Friday. And sometimes we engage them on Saturdays, and sometimes we engage them on Sundays too. It is an incredible form of outreach. We see that. Because we set a goal about six years ago to see if God would bless us with ten new families from our We Care. And God blessed us with fifteen. It's outreach, folks. It's a way to engage. It's why Pastor Kyle and I do chapel with the kids. So that they can know a God who loves them. And it's been amazing how many stories we've had of kids who woke up and told their parents, I want to go to my church today. What church is that? We don't even go to church. The one at We Care. And they've come. Many of them are here still today. Jen Harding does a great job leading that. We have pancakes with Santa in the fall. It's not just about having Santa. It's about teaching the story of of the gospel, of the good news of Jesus who comes. Yes, Santa is there, but Santa was the churches before he was Coca-Cola's. Or the malls. And Lori does a great job of that, and she's going to need help again this Christmas. She would love to train, because God does some incredible things of outreach through Lori Wiesner. And so... She would love to train someone to take that event so that God could use her in other ways for outreach. And so, if God places that on your heart, I want you to talk with Lori Wiesner. Lori, wave to us right over there. There she is. She would love to teach you and train you how to do this. We do holiday services. Our carols, communion, and candlelight service. That's an incredible opportunity to invite someone to come. Christmas people are more ready to be invited to church at Christmas. And another one that's coming up here in just a few weeks, Easter service. Are you already thinking about who can I reach out to to join with me? We're trying to fill the church, remember? And so I want to encourage you, be praying about it, thinking about it. Let God place a burden on you for someone. Where, who are you going to invite to come and be a part of our Easter service together? It's a great, great time to invite someone to join you. Vacation Bible School, we do it every summer, except for COVID. But even then, they found creative ways to do Bible School at your own house. It's important. It's a way to engage people in order to open them up for an invitation to what Jesus can do in their life. Again, Lori Wiesner does this. Again, Lori Wiesner would love to train someone to take this so that it can begin, she can be freed up to do some other forms of outreach if you have a burden for kids to be opened up to an invitation to receive Jesus. You need to talk to Lori about Vacation Bible School. This past summer, Morgan Fellows started a C3NAS playgroup where families with kids would just get together in a park and play together. And then other kids might come and play. And and it's just a way to engage people and open them up to say, hey, this is the church we go to and you belong there. We want you to be a part of that. And then we also have our men's breakfast and we have women's conversation first Sunday, first Saturday of every month. These are just safe little things. Hey, 
come to breakfast with me. We got some guys from my church. We get together. We have a great breakfast and, and just enjoy being together. It's a simple way to invite someone, to engage someone with the possibility of opening them up for invitation. Or the women meet at, at Julie's house, Julie and Ray's house, and they just have conversations and sit around. I hear they, they like to talk more than us men, and they sometimes go a lot longer than our breakfast lasts. But it's just a way, a safe way to invite someone with the hopes that they might be opened up for invitation to church and more importantly, invitation to receive Jesus. Folks, this is outreach. And if we want to grow, not just as a church, but if you want to grow as an individual, learning to invite someone to join you will grow your faith like you have never seen before. So I want to encourage you to ask God, who do you want me to invite to be a part this Easter? You can be involved in these things. You may have new ideas for the ways that we can reach out into our community to engage people. Why do we do these things? This is, here we go. Now this is our last part of the pattern. Why is outreach so important? And this is going to fit right back into the pattern of what we've said every week. Why are we generous? Because God is generous. Why do we respond to needs? Because God responds to needs. So I'll give you one guess. Why do we do outreach? Hint, it's not to have a big church. The reason why we do outreach is because this is what God does. God has always been about reaching out. God has always been about invitation. God is the God who has always asked the question, Where are you? Where are you? Are you lost? Where are you? Now many of us have grown up and maybe we've heard this question with a stern, get out here. (laughs) But the heart of God is always looking and searching for those who are far away and lost. And his question is always, where are you? I got to thinking about this as a way to explain this. About 12 years ago, many of us went downtown uh, on a Sunday after church to be a part of Race for the Cure. Look at those two young kids. We were a part of that. It's a 5K walk run in order to raise money for breast cancer research. And we were doing that for Lori Hernandez. Someone we knew who had breast cancer at the time. And we were all walking down there and we had a great time and there were many people, many of you were involved in this and walking, some of us jogging, some of us running, some of us walking and cheering others on. But we got to the end and there was someone that we knew and she had a daughter who was about nine years old. I don't know, do you guys remember this? Somewhere in the crowd of people, her little girl got lost. And she was waiting at the end. And every group that came by, you could just see in her eyes, were getting wider and wider. Where is my girl? 
Where is my girl? Have you seen my girl? Have you seen her? Have you seen her? She came to me. Have you seen her? No, no, I I haven't seen her. And we all began to spread out and look at And I remember her calling out her daughter's name just at the top of her lungs. She didn't care who heard her. Where are you? Where are you? Calling by name. This is the image of God in the garden on that day. Where are you? Concern, wanting them back, wanting them safe. Where are you? Good news is the little girl was found. But I want you to understand, this is the image of the God in the garden who calls out to the one who is lost. Our God has always sought after lost people. He has never not been seeking for lost people. So it should be no surprise that this is what Jesus displays when He comes. It's what God has always done. And so Jesus, God in flesh, displays this God perfectly. And He is the one who constantly is going out to others to seek for those who are lost. Luke 19.10 Jesus just says it plainly in the story of Zacchaeus. For the Son of Man came to, say it with me, seek and save the lost. He was saying this to Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector. He was a Jew who decided to partner with the invading Romans to pillage and take from his own friends and family in his city in order to build his own wealth and to build the wealth of this nation that had invaded and suppressed and oppressed the children of Israel. But he heard about this Jesus... And you remember the little kid's song, right? He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus. Now, I want to say exact. I'm going to change. The song doesn't capture it all. He looks up and it says, Zacchaeus, come down. He says, I must go to your house today. I must. Why? Because God is a God who is always looking for lost people. And so I must go. There are so many stories uh, in, in the Gospels that tell about Jesus modeling that God is the one who searches for lost people. Whether it's the story of the shepherd who has 99 sheep, but one of them's lost, and so he goes for the one that's lost. Or whether it's the one who has a son who is lost, who is waiting and doesn't wait for him to come, but runs to him because his son was lost and now he's found and he throws a big party. Or whether it's Zacchaeus who he must go to see. Or maybe our scripture that was read for us today, the Bible said he had to go through Samaria. Jews never had to go through Samaria, but Jesus did because God is a God who searches for lost people. He always is searching for lost people. And Jesus is showing us exactly what God looks like. And so he was always looking for lost people. Jesus displays what the Father does, but it doesn't end there. We need to know that the church 
has always declared that this Jesus displays what the Father always does. It is to be our rallying cry. This is the Gospel. And Jesus gives the command to tell us that this is what we are to declare. In Mark 16.15, He says, Go into how much of the world? All of the world. And preach the Gospel to all creation. This is not a request. That word go is in the imperative tense. It is a command. Go into all the world. Why do we do that? Because we are following the One, Jesus, who displays the heart of the Father. And that Father always is looking for those who are lost. I know this will be harsh for some of us, but listen to this, hear this. We cannot call ourselves disciples if we are not declaring that Jesus displays what the Father has always done. If we are not modeling, seeking and saving those who are lost, going out, finding activities that will engage people to open them up to the invitation to be saved by Jesus Christ, we cannot call ourselves His disciples. Because that's what He was all about. Because that's what the Father has always been all about. Are you with me? Do you get it? This isn't just about, well, we need to get more people in the pews. Or we need a big church so we can say that God is doing things. No, we do this because Jesus gave us the command to go and declare the good news. That God looks like Jesus. Jesus who searched for lost people because the Father has always been searching for lost people. That's good news. So why do we not invite? Let's make this personal. Now we is, uh, is a good, good equation. You ready for a math equation? You and me equals we, okay? You plus me equals we. So when I'm up here, I'm talking about me when I say we. I'm talking about you when we say we. But let's make it personal. Why do you not invite? I don't have that answer. That's a question for you. A question that God needs to wrestle with you and you need to wrestle with God. Why do you not invite? Here's just some things that I thought about. Have I forgotten? Have we forgotten what it was like to be lost and then found? Have we forgot what it was like to not know? Have we forgotten what it was like to be held captive? Have we forgot what it was like in our addictions? Have we forgotten what it was like to be lost in our sin? And then to be found. To hear the voice of God calling, Where are you? Where are you? Have we forgotten? Have we forgotten the joy of salvation? The joy of seeing those chains broken. The joy of knowing we belong. The joy of knowing that God has always been a God who was searching for me. And He sent His Son 
as proof to show how much He loves and longs for lost people to be found. He was willing to die and suffer so that I could be found, so that I could hear His voice calling down through ancient history saying, Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? That's the call. Have we forgotten the joy of saying yes to the call, of saying, here I am. Help me. Save me. Redeem me. Forgive me. Move me. Heal me. Have we forgotten the joy? Or have we just forgotten the mission of Jesus? We've gotten so caught up in all the programs that we do and the way we do things and the way we structure things that we forgot that the mission of Jesus is to engage people with the hopes of opening them up to invitation to salvation in His name. Have we forgotten the mission? I don't know what it is for you. I just took a stab at a few things that I feel sometimes. Well, folks, Easter is on April 9th. We're even going to have a little continental breakfast. Again, outreach, Lori Wiesner. She would like some help, I'm sure. But the question is, who are you inviting? Who's coming with you as you look to the seat next to you? Or the open space that's near you? Is Jesus right now giving you a name? Are you seeing someone sitting there that you know? And that place is for them. And I've got to be a part of the mission of the church. I've got to declare the good news of the Jesus who displays what God always does. This summer... The church is sending me and my family on a sabbatical. And I've been praying about this, and I want to challenge you today already. I know we're not near summer. The weather tells me so. But I would love nothing more than to come back from sabbatical and have so many new people that I instantly have to do a membership class to just talk about things. That's my challenge to you. You see... The church is about outreach, not just a pastor. You're going to have some great preachers. Let me tell you, we've got things lined up. It's going to be incredible. You're not going to want to miss a single Sunday. But I'm challenging you for a summer of outreach. Who is God laying on your heart to be a part of this church so that you can reach out to them with the hopes of engaging them and opening them up to the possibility of an invitation? Have you experienced the God who calls? Maybe today you need to hear, where are you? Where are you? Have you experienced the Christ who seeks and saves the lost? Jesus still forgives today. Do you know that? He still saves today. And if you think you're lost today, the good news is God is still crying out, where are you? Where are you? Jesus is still looking for you. He will run to you if you turn to Him. Are you ready to do that today? I hope so. Let's pray.
Jesus, so grateful that You are God who seeks and saves the lost. Thank You for displaying the heart of Your Father with a woman at a well, with a short tax collector named Zacchaeus, with a young teenager named Jeff McVeigh who was lost in wanting his own way to do things the way he saw fit and it didn't matter who he went over, under, around or through to accomplish what he wanted to do I'm grateful that you reached out to me through a church, through people, through invitations through events like youth group. I'm just so grateful. And so I pray if there is anyone here who is listening online or in this building and they are just today for the first time hearing that ours is a God who has always sought after those who are lost, who is always saying like that mom at the event long ago, where are you? Where are you calling us by name? May they say yes to you today. May they simply say, here I am. Come and save me. Find me. I need you. May we as a church be opened up creatively to think and be burdened for those who are around us that we might invite them. And in inviting them, they might... Receive an invitation for Your grace and mercy. That even on Easter Sunday, they might come to place their trust in the resurrected Savior who still shows us the heart of the Father who brings new life to dead situations. Father, challenge us. May we not be a church stuck in our patterns but to remember your mission, your call, your command to go and declare. For we pray and we ask all of these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Would you stand right where you are? I'm going to bless you. And then our worship team has prepared a song that I hope you'll stick around and hear that's going to send you out and I hope you'll be singing it all week says, let me tell you about my Jesus. But receive this. And now, brothers and sisters, here and online, may you take up the mission that Jesus commanded us to go and declare to all the world that He has displayed what the Father has always done. May you hear His voice saying, where are you? Where are you? And may His voice sound through you to those who are around you. I pray this in the name of the Father who is for us and seeking us. In the name of the Son who came and displayed the Father's heart. And in the name of the Holy Spirit who anoints us and enables us to complete the mission. I pray this in His name. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. 
We hope you will join us next week.